0: Thank you to everyone who supports this show and all the shows at the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you are not already, you can, can become a Major Spoilers member by signing up at Patreon.com/slash Major Spoilers. Thank you so much in advance. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later.
2: I'm Matthew. I'm Ashley. I'm Rodrigo.
0: And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans.
3: In this issue, it's the third act of the fade out and the mystery deepens, but it's always darkest before it gets pitch black. Plus, we talk the latest news review, the latest reviews, and are just generally really sort of marvelous, which is not a reference to any particular comic book company. So sink into the rich Corinthian leather and enjoy the Retson, cause we do it all for you. So have it your way. We try harder, stronger than dirt, and like that. Happy motoring, Cause the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air.
0: Welcome to issue 918 of the Major Spoilers podcast. If your uh, announcer starts to have an aphasia fit uh, there, you know that uh, you should call uh, emergency 911 right away. How or, dare or you, Or whatever, whatever it is in your country. Because what is it in uh, Great Britain? It's 119 or something.
1: 999. Think, 999. So much smarter. Yeah. We should what is, adopt that.
0: What, what is it in, in, in Canada? 911. Oh, 911.
3: Okay. Yeah, Canada is right. on the 10-digit dialing pattern.
0: It's there you go. Uh, Ashley, what are you up to this week? Ashley is here with us. Hello, About
3: Ashley. Five, seven.
1: I am panic rewriting Aurora and the Eagle.
0: Oh, really? Why <laughs> are you panic rewriting? it was rewriting?
1: not as good as I thought it was going to be according to my notes.
0: Uh-oh. So uh, how, how how rough is that? How, how rough is it to go back and do the, those rewrites?
1: Oh, you know, I cry at everything, so I cried a little bit. <laughs> and then I took a day away and it's, it's fine. Um, it's fine when notes are actually helpful or insightful or thought provoking. So that's great. Uh, I learned how to turn, uh, how to call a gas company and get your gas turned on for the first time
0: Nice, because
1: wow. we're moving and Yay. I you know, I never lived in a place with gas before. So that's really? a, been a real, you don't have uh, gas in Canada. Uh, not in any house that I lived in. We all had electrical stoves of the future.
0: Yeah, no. uh, enjoy it. The first time you have a major earthquake and you need to turn off that gas, not not to put I the mean, fear of anything into you, but
1: at this point, I have I have I've lived through like a seven earthquake. So yeah, earthquakes are cool. They're chill. And um, It's <laughs> yeah, raining right. in Los Angeles, so like everyone is out of their mind. It was hail. The
4: oh other yeah, day, I saw that. Like, I saw that. The
1: world imploded. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, Matthew's here. Matthew, what's going on with you?
1: Uh, I am
3: celebrating one year of wearing a mask for literally 17 hours a day. Uh, We we actually got the email at work today saying that, hey, one year ago today, we started having to wear the masks to work. And of course, I sleep with a mask. So literally, the only time that I'm not wearing a mask is between about 4.30 and 8. So right now, you are hearing me unmasked, which no one ever gets to do.
0: Yeah, it's really funny because at this time last year, we kind of knew something was going on and Mm -hmm. the university was like, hey, you guys, um, you know, just be prepared. We're weighing these options day in and day out. And, of course, I had a class where, you know, it's heavy hands on. And so I was telling the students, "Okay, if we are out for two weeks, here's the plan. And then I was like, more than likely, we won't be here the week after spring break. So here's our plan. And then like literally an hour after I sent out that email, because it would have been almost a year ago today or or yesterday, uh, probably yesterday since it was a no today, Tuesday. So uh, yesterday, for those of you who are listening, hello, future people. Um, But literally it was, oh, spring break is coming up. We're not coming back after spring break. And so I had to scramble and get equipment into the hands of these students for extended checkout so they could go and finish their their projects for the rest of the year. Of course, all the projects that we planned all fell apart. And so they all had to go into one-on-one projects, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think back a year ago to where we were. So ugh. yeah, yeah, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here today. I've got my first shot. Matthew's got both of his shots. Ashley, sure. have you gotten a shot yet?
1: Uh, no, the emails that I get from everywhere where I try to get my shot are like, LOL, go F yourself.
4: Yeah. Um, Cause
1: I don't fall into any of the brackets. Uh, currently available also Los Angeles. One of the hotspots has been a hotspot for almost a year is behind all other counties in the United States.
0: Have you nice. looked at like going out to uh, Riverside or something like that and seeing if they have any extras?
1: I don't have a car.
0: Oh, that's right. So, Public transit in California. Curse you.
1: Yeah, nope.
0: Rodrigo, have you had both of your shots yet? Yeah, I've had them. Well, good. I, I My next one comes up in April, so we'll see how that all yep. goes, but everything is fine. So, uh, Rodrigo, what's, uh, what's been going on with you? Did I ask you that already? No, we asked Matthew. So, uh, Rodrigo, what's been going on with you?
2: Oh, you know, just excited about getting to the end of the fade out.
0: Oh yeah. You didn't care <laughs> for that that much.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's like the, you break something into you, you. You're like, this is, this is about Hollywood writings. We're breaking it yeah. into three acts. Yeah. And I'm like, I better get a third act out of this. All
0: right, we'll, uh, t- we'll talk we'll, about we'll that. We'll talk
2: about later, whether I actually yeah. did get a.
0: <laughs> we will talk about this later in the show, but first, let us do some news.
3: Matthew, don't read this line. Holy lizard man, Batman. <laughs> Garth and Liam Sharp are Timmy, for Batman Reptilian. They're teeming. They're not terming. That's entirely different. Uh, apparently, uh, the upcoming series is showing something far more frightening than the Dark Knight terrorizing Gotham City. Tracking down Gotham's various villains. Uh, six issue miniseries from DC Comics kicking off this June. I don't know. I wonder if it's got anything to do with Killer Croc. Uh,
0: maybe. I I I would be very surprised. It seems like it's a combination of both or or not. Um, I am very excited because was the last time that Garth Ennis did Batman was um, Holy Terror. Or not? Yeah, no, not Holy Terror. The uh, one within the sewers. The one with the, the cult, that one didn't he the do cult? the cult? That
3: wasn't Garth Ennis.
0: That wasn't Garth Ennis. Oh, I no, thought it was he did Jim the Colt. Jim uh, Who did the, the uh, Garth Ennis did some Batman stuff though. Uh, I want to say
3: Garth Ennis just did the Batman's Grave, didn't he? No, oh, maybe. Uh, I thought that was Garth. Maybe it was Warren Ellis. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're the same guy changing their name. But yeah, Ennis is one of those guys where I haven't seen him on a lot of things lately uh, since the you know the boys uh, ended. I don't remember seeing garth on anything high profile so
0: oh, okay well i am i'm looking forward to it a lot of other people are not but that comes out yeah. on june 22nd
3: more batman woohoo!
1: Yeah. hey i'm excited for anything that liam sharp is on and you know liam sharp also worked on wonder woman and i have more wonder woman news uh we have read batman black and white and this week dc comics released superman blue and red get it and in june the publisher will release wonder woman black and gold you know those classic wonder woman colors black and gold right black and gold yes black and gold the (laughs) six issue mini series is being released as part of wonder woman's 80th anniversary god forbid we did anything else for a woman and the series will feature a variety of artists and writers telling tales from across the various time periods in wonder woman history considering the rollout that superman and batman got for their 80th this is cute
0: Yeah, and I know they have some other things planned for Wonder Woman's 80th anniversary. They've got the whole uh, cover thing that they've done with Robin and Catwoman in the past. So I know that they have that coming up. Uh, You know, DC, I think DC is the one that pioneered these black and not black and white comics, but pioneered, you know, let's tell these tales of Batman in black and white. DC pioneered black and white comics. Yeah, Uh, you know, and and in addition to uh, Blue and Red, which just came out, they did Harley Quinn, black, white and red. Uh, with splashes of red. They did that before Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, they did. And of course, Mm -hmm. um, Marvel jumped on the boat with Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. And then I think they're doing something similar with Deadpool, where everybody's playing on this. So it it seems like there's some nose tweaking going on.
2: Mm. Wolverine, brown, orange, and stubble. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm actually kind of psyched
3: about it, even though. Ashley's right. Black and gold doesn't really have anything to do with Wonder Woman. Although it's better because you remember 10 years ago during the new 52, which was 10 years ago, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, they actually changed Wonder Woman's costume to eliminate all the gold, which is stupid because they're dumb. But I'm I'm really looking forward to this based on what happened for the 80th anniversary of The Flash.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: I'm not necessarily highly you know, it, it invested or, or, or awaiting things with the, the mousetrap baited breath, but I'm interested. I definitely want to see it. I'm still mad that the 80th anniversary of the flash was all about a character who was only 17, you know, 70 years old.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I am looking forward to the day that DC comics applies this, this concept to um, booster gold and blue beetle. And it's just uh, blue and gold. And so the whole issue is yeah, nothing but of blue, so blue and gold mm-hmm. tones. So I'm looking forward to that. So.
3: Well, uh, Booster's twenty thirty fifth anniversary is this year, nineteen eighty six. I, I don't think
0: they necessarily have to do this for any kind of an anniversary, uh, as Ashley just said with Harley Quinn. But I, I suspect we're going to see a lot more of these piling uh, on our shelves in the uh, in the coming years. So
3: I think we're coming up on uh, Blue Beetle's ninetieth anniversary. If my time is right. Nice,
0: nice. Uh, You can tell that it must be getting close to solicitation time. I suspect we'll have the full listing of the DC solicitations uh, later this week. But in June, the Heroes Reborn saga comes to an end over at Marvel Comics. I know it feels like it was over just before it starts, but regardless, Heroes Return, number one, shows us the fate of Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness's version of the Marvel Universe uh, as uh, the heroes reborn saga comes to a close quote heroes reborn presents a world without avengers where the squadron supreme took their place now a group of otherworldly heroes are have assembled and are ready to fight for the mantle of earth's mightiest heroes in a glorious superhero slugfest that will shake the marvel universe to its core unquote and somehow the the real heroes have to come back from that heroes reborn kicks off its four issue run in may then heroes return arrives in june you excited for that, Matthew? You remember The Last Heroes Reborn.
3: Uh Yeah, I hated it. Uh I'm kind of psyched because I enjoy Aaron's Avengers run, and what they've been doing with the Squadron Supreme has been simmering in the background since the first issue of the new Avengers run, mm, which I mm-hmm. think we're up to issue 45 now.
0: Mm-hmm. Or volume so, 45, I mean, who knows?
3: Well, I think I just reviewed Avengers 44 or 45. I can't remember which. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what they're doing with the squadron, and I mean granted, as someone who has to, I don't have to, but as someone who chooses to know these things, this is going to be like the seventh individual incarnation of Hyperion, which uh, it's fine. It's a thing. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, their take on Superboy and the Legion with Hyperion and the Imperial Guard. Uh, That should be interesting, which is coming up as part of this, and I don't know if it's going to have interiors, but it's definitely got covers by Chris Sprouse, mm-hmm. who is. I think those know, are variant.
0: Notch. You're looking at the connecting covers, yeah. I think those are the variant connecting covers.
3: Either, either way, man, it's Sprouse. Sprouse can, you know, he could draw a plant, and I'd be like, "Hey, that's a great plant, Chris Sprouse." But if you give me even for a split second that weird Thor with a shovel in a block of ice, I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you, Jason Aaron, and I'm going to sternly point my finger at you and I'm going to say, You
1: gourd bellied codpiece.
0: Well, you only have a month and a half to wait. So there you go. Yeah.
3: He's going to go one way or the other. I will find
1: you just like Zod in this.
2: (laughs) That does sound like me. Yeah. That's exactly how I would think. All right. What else? Um, DC Comics has announced DC Pride. An 80 page anthology comic featuring LGBTQAI characters from across the DC universe, including Renee Montoya, Alan Scott, Midnighter, Apollo, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, and more. DC will also release a series of Pride themed variant covers showcasing DC's leading characters through the month of June. Uh, check out the Major Spoilers website for a complete rundown of all the titles arriving in June, along with additional comics and titles DC Comics is releasing. During Pride Month.
0: Yeah, and I guess throughout the year, because I was going through their press release that they sent us, and there's a lot of stuff that they have coming out, not just this anthology, but individual books and titles and stuff that may be targeting not the comic book shops, but bookstores, so uh, go check that out.
3: I like the fact that they are now actively admitting that Harley Quinn is at least bisexual, which is great.
0: Yeah, the most recent, what is it called? Uh, There's a... Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy book that's coming out it may be coming out during yeah. this Pride month where it basically is is saying that these two are a couple so yeah
3: They're Well so and cute I, I think they, they have been I since 1997 that. or so but Yeah well uh, apparently Alan Scott uh, the original golden age green lantern Alan mm-hmm. Scott has come out in a recent issue which I think is Just actually really kind of cool
1: Stealing that Earth 2 continuity Yeah Well yeah but I mean yeah, I, I appreciate it.
3: it I, I mean yeah that's it how
1: the, take, the original
3: take was Robinson made the Earth 2 Green Lantern gay because they had to retcon away Obsidian, and he felt like if he was going to take away a gay character, he was going to put one back. But I really like the fact that this is you know an old man. This is a man in his 70s finally admitting and coming to terms with the fact that he's, he's gay, and he has been for a while, and he's always known it, and it's just a thing. And I, I love the fact that it's an adult character coming out as an adult. You know, rather than a, a new character popping up and going, yep. Woo.
0: Or yeah, you know, yeah. a reboot of a character and then suddenly killing his lover. So
2: Right. I like mean that is that that is history. the deal. Is, like they all of these, like all of these, right, you can see that they first tried them out in another sort of continuity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they they usually characters get to be gay somewhere that's not the main comics. And then if that works out, then we bring them over and say, Yep, actually. It turns out that that's what it was. True. So, you know, not not perfect, but uh, probably the DCE uh, LGBT characters are higher profile than the Marvel mm-hmm. um, kind of general cast of characters, which is like, I guess, Iceman and North Star.
1: And, and Billy and uh, Teddy, I, I guess, uh, would probably be Billy the most and famous.
2: Teddy just got married. I would say
3: Freaking they're probably... Finally, (laughs) they're only like fifteen years old, honey. It's not like
1: well, now they got to be like twenty-one at least, right, to be married, Mm -hmm. right? We don't get you married before we're twenty-one, children. Make it twenty-five. Literally, the characters
0: like me, thirty-one. So you were (laughs) thirty-one. Yeah, I when I married I my 24. wife. I was 31 when I married my wife. So, uh, no, Dear listeners, you can join in the conversation years. about these stories and a whole lot more over on our Discord server. You can join the Major Spoilers Discord server for free. Chat it up in all the chat rooms, share your cat gifts, talk about your comic books, talk about your TV shows and all that other stuff. Or if you are a Patreon member over at patreon.com slash Spoilers, you can link your Patreon account to the Discord and then you get access to even more channels, including the Dueling Review Channel where Matthew and I review comics live. For people who are in there Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, that's Central Daylight Time, for those of you that don't have Daylight Savings Time, or who Daylight Savings Time hasn't kicked in yet, adjust your clocks and calendars accordingly. But Thursday nights, right there, in the uh, Dueling Review secret Discord channel that's only accessible when you link your Patreon account to the Discord. Find out more over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. All right, we should probably do some reviews. Uh, I'm sure that there are some comic book reviews that need to be done. And Matthew, apparently, uh, while Wonder Woman is celebrating her 80th anniversary, yes. uh, Deadpool is celebrating his 30th anniversary. Who knew that Deadpool has been around for 30 years? I'm sure That's Rob horrible. Liefeld just was shouting I, it from the rooftops.
3: I was going to say. Yeah. It's horrifying to me that Deadpool is 30 years old. And the reason why is because.
0: You remember the that very first Quinn, appearance.
3: Well, with the exception of Harley Quinn, I think he's the newest character to really hit it big in comic books. And he's 30 years old. But, uh, again, you know, the the age that just creeps up on us. Yeah, I I had the issue. I bought New Mutants number 98 off the stands. And I was like, I don't like this. And I threw it in somebody's quarter bin. And I think I sold it like, you know, three for a dollar. And now it's worth a scramptillion bucks. But uh, Deadpool, Nerdy 30, number one is, uh, first of all, a $6 comic. The art team and the uh, writing teams do vary. Basically, everybody who has had a a meaningful run of Deadpool is in this book. Joe Kelly is in here. Uh, Gail Simone is in here. Daniel Way, Scotty Young. uh, The guy from uh, that Rodrigo and I love from Mission Hill is in here. He He wrote Deadpool for a while. You remember, Jim. Fabian Nicieza is in here. And yes, Liefeld actually writes a story in this book. And it's the presence of Liefeld in this book that I think really will hammer home to you why I'm giving it two and a half slices of meatloaf.
0: Why are you giving it two and a half slices of meatloaf, Matthew?
3: It's all over the place. In 30 years, Deadpool has been through concatenations and various uh, permutations Of ridiculous and and just amazing elasticity. And so, you know, like Spider-Man, who's had different eras, but not like 20 or 30 of them in quick succession, Deadpool is all over the place. So we start with the Joe Kelly story, and it's Joe Kelly's era. And then, you know, we bump right into a Fabian Nicieza story, and it's the Fabian era Deadpool. And these are virtually different characters. So we get a story where he's hanging out with his best friend Cable Uh, Actually, Cable has gone back in time to his first birthday and uh, found baby uh, Wade and is about to kill him in his his crib when suddenly another Cable appears from a different future to tell him, don't do that. We get a 16-year-old Wade at his high school senior prom hanging out with Wolverine, and it's a completely different thing. We get a team up with Agent X, written by Gail Simone. That's really kind of a wonderful little story. And they fight Stiltman, and you know you got Stiltman, you got Matthew, but there's also stuff in here that is completely inexplicable. There are moments where it is just way, way, way too over the top, wacky. Hey, uh, let's point and laugh at the camera stuff. And there's one story where he's in a coffin under the ocean for a while, and they're they're referencing. I mean, it's super meta textual. They're referencing Ryan Reynolds, who played Deadpool, who had that movie where he was in a coffin. Ah, it's kind of exhausting. And the last story is a Rob Liefeld story where the hero ends up being Rob Liefeld. Mm. And how Rob Liefeld is the the man behind the brilliance because it is he and only he who knows how to sew the pouches that Deadpool keeps putting on his outfits. Classic. Yeah. The issue ends with a big, full-page splash of Rob looking at the camera and smiling and talking about, you know, if he had it all again to do, he would change something. And I'm just, I don't know. It is a book that tries really hard to honor every era of Deadpool, from the movie Deadpool to the wacky murderer Deadpool to the completely over the top Joe Kelly, Deadpool. And I feel like it does, it does succeed on that level. None of these stories just completely fall apart into nonsense, but a lot of them do get right up to their nose in the deep end of the nonsense, but they've learned to dog paddle. So it's kind of okay. Um, the best story in the book is probably Fabian's where we actually see uh, a young Wade in the Weapon X program deciding who he's going to grow up to be. And we see him as Deadpool in, you know, famous covers featuring Captain America and Spider-Man and how he decides that he's going to make a costume that rips off, I mean, homages Spider-Man, but does it in a loving way. It's a cute moment. It's a really interesting bit. And then you have stories that are just not so good. And, There are about 50 different jokes about pouches. So, all in all, right down the middle. It's good, then it's not so great. It's wonderful, then it's weird, and it's sacred, and it's profane, and it's pretty much Deadpool. If you know Deadpool, you know what you're going to get from Deadpool. If you know only an era of Deadpool, there will be something in here that you will like, but something in here that will make you mad. If, like me... You're vaguely aware of all eras of Deadpool, and you're just feeling like you're ancient because you were 20 when that comic came out, and now what good are you? Why don't you just you know, turn into dust and blow away? Two and a half slices of meatloaf, two and a half slices of my own mortality.
0: I'm there just you gonna
3: go. So you're
0: probably going to well throw case. this one into the quarter bin, and then you're going to kick yourself in 30 years when it's selling for a scribillion dollars.
3: I kicked myself when I paid
2: six dollars for
0: it. Well, see, there's that too. So, anyway,
2: all right, uh, the, that is for the uh, record. Uh, the Kelly McGinnis run is when I was reading Deadpool. Yeah,
3: it's good stuff. Did you read the issue where they really? they reprinted an issue of Spider-Man and just drew Deadpool over all the <laughs> Spider-Man figures. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful because Aunt May was played by Al. Yeah. By Bl- yeah. yeah so funny. anytime you'd see Aunt May or Peter, it would be Deadpool and blind Al. And it was just nice.
0: A- <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, that was last week from Marvel comics. Let's jump to this week from DC comics. Ashley. Dick is back.
1: Dick is back, 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 back again 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 with his butt but but tell your friend friend i know like three rap songs that aren't hamilton um yes so nightwing fresh off of ye oldie future state creature reborn whatever i read like two of the books and one of them was nightwing because nicholas scott draws the hottest nightwing around but Now Nightwing is back to its regularly scheduled numbering, which I only realized like halfway through typing my review into this, that this is not a hard Nightwing number one. This is a soft Nightwing number 78 by Tom Taylor. Take that CBR. I got his name right, Tom Taylor. And artist Bruno Redondo, uh, Bruno Redondo, by the way, I think criminally underrated. And I really hope that this book puts him on the map. Tom Taylor, um, not criminally underrated, appropriately rated, and a darling human being with a delightful accent. And this is their new book together. And they basically, because everyone has been reading Future State for like a few months, um, have to remind you of who Dick Grayson is because you might have forgotten. And we like cut a hole in his head and gave him a new name and whatever, whatever. So in a lot of ways, this issue is to gently remind you who Dick Grayson is and how beautiful his behind is, and that Captain America wishes. It's also, in a lot of ways, to remind you that Tom Taylor doesn't just write scary things like Decease and Injustice, which are very good in their own right. Uh, Nightwing number 78, we Crane you with the characters. You see Dick when he is like literally a child boy as Robin. Uh, fresh off the death of his parents, you see him as Nightwing. Uh, there's allusions to his time as Batman, because Everything exists. Alla Morrison in this history. Um, And it relies a lot on his relationship to Barbara and his relationships to the bullies in his life, which is a theme that I really like. Because bullying has always been a strong theme for the Bat family and for Dick, um, the OG Robin specifically. It's freaking stunning. The colors are really good in this, which is unusual for a Bat book. Bat books tend to live in the dark. Um, and as a sad soul, that really appeals to me, but there are colors in this Gotham city. And it's really interesting. If you take that through the lens of this is how Dick Grayson views Gotham as this like bright, vibrant place full of promise with characters who are troubled and then turn good when they grow up and they learn their lesson. And commissioner Gordon always has his back and Barbara is a strong presence. And, um, Alfred also plays a really important role here. So it's kind of setting up all the pieces on the familiar chessboard of Bloodhaven, Coombe, Gotham, where this version of Nightwing and Dick Grayson is going to be playing. There's nothing super inventive in this issue, but knowing Tom Taylor, it is coming. Um, But as a diehard, to forever be in love with Dick Grayson kind of person, I loved it. I really enjoyed Future State. And that take on Nightwing. But this is like it's not comic book candy, but it's like um, it's like macaroni and cheese. You know, it's like gives you everything, gives me everything that I want from this character um, by a writer I really like and an artist I really like. So I gave it five out of five because it was the best thing I read all week.
0: (laughs) Now, is he back to being a police officer by day or what's it? What's his day job?
1: You know, that's a great question that I don't have the answer to.
0: Oh, because they probably didn't talk about it in that
1: issue. No, he's mo- he's mostly he's mostly nightwing and he saves a puppy. There's puppies a in this issue as well. So if nice. you are pro pity, you're gonna love this.
3: <laughs> uh, you should also know that a nightwing fan is traditionally known as a wing nut.
1: Not a I'm not gonna say that. That's my because shirt isn't appropriate.
3: Yeah. I agree.
0: In the Major Spoilers pre show, we asked Ashley Victoria Robinson whether she preferred to do acting on the stage or in front of the camera. You're going to have to become a Major Spoilers patron to find out what her answer is or was. Yeah. Yeah, It's all in the past. Or was is. Uh, Depending on how this is released and how you listen to it, uh, you probably listen to the pre show before you listen to this episode. So there you go.
3: Uh, This week, why wouldn't
0: you? This week from Zenoscope Entertainment, it's Robin Hood, Cult of the Spider Queen. This is a one shot story. ...from uh, Xenoscope Entertainment... ...this is uh, everyone's favorite... uh, ...quiver-carrying... heroine ...running through the streets of Manhattan... ...and she's been tasked to track down... ...what has been happening... ...with this mysterious spider cult... ...and why all of these people are disappearing... ...and of course one thing leads to another... ...giant ugly spider monsters... ...jumping out left and right in the sewers... Uh, ...some uh, horror moments... ...some green arrow type moments... ...because she has now a quiver full of trick arrows... And uh, in the end, we don't know if this is the end of the deadly Spider Queen. Actually, they set it up saying, "Ah, oh, the Spider Queen didn't actually die. And here's what you need to know. Um, I rather enjoyed the story. I, I always dig these kind of like what what horrors leak uh, lurk in the sewers or in the back alleys of, of big major cities. And I think that they set up this cult of the Spider Queen pretty good. I think this could have been a mini a three or four issue miniseries, and they could have really uh, amped up the the tracking down stuff, the discovery of the cult and being captured, and then the final escape and showdown kind of thing uh, over three or four issues. I don't know if the audience would stick around for it for that long. Uh, but for a one-shot, an oversized issue, I thought it was really very good from the story-wise, uh, just from your B-movie monster stuff. I mean, if you're into that stuff, you're going to love this book. Uh, Five ninety nine dollars as the cover price. The art was okay. There were some times where things didn't seem to fit right? into the page. And I don't know if that was because of costume design or just because of the way that things were being colored or lit or whatever, but, um, the art was, was fine. Um, it, it has, it doesn't have the cheesecake like you would expect from Xenoscope entertainment books. So that can be a plus or a minus depending on your views of Xenoscope entertainment books. Um, but, uh, overall I thought it was an enjoyable book. I'm giving it three and a half slices of meatloaf out of five Robin Hood, Colt of the Spider Queen. It is out this week. From Xenoscope Entertainment. Now, let us jump ahead to the far future of next week. And Rodrigo, what is coming out from Dynamite Entertainment next week?
2: It is a rare uh, moment where somebody is reviewing a Xenoscope book and do- doesn't have the most cheesecakey book on the lineup. <laughs> uh, I am... Reviewing Vampirella versus Purgatory, that's Purgatory with an I, uh, number one. Um, So, uh, back in the 90s, it got like real popular to have these like uh, scantily clad, like bad girl comics or good girl comics, as they're often called. But I didn't understand why and didn't care, of course, because I was sneaking into comic book shops trying to sneak peeks at these comics. Um, you know your uh witch blades, your dark child, your lady deaths, your lady devils, which is different from purgatory, even though she looks like a lady who's a devil um and of course, vamperilla comes from like I, I an older more more uh refined uh cheesecake lineage, but still so um the the plot of this one is that uh vampirilla's mom, who by the way is also a sexy lady in a bikini. Uh, wants to, uh, it's her birthday, and her children are trying to please her um, by uh, offering her some evil things for her to enjoy. And so one of them figures out, basically one of them figures out how she can destroy the world. And so it kind of kicks off this uh, race for Vampirla to beat her mother's minions, to uh the all the all the human MacGuffins that could destroy the world um if if they were to come under her uh if if they were to get into her clutches or whatever. Uh to complicate things further, purgatory shows up. Like I said, purgatory is like a a red lady who is also wearing a bikini. Um, She's got bad wings like Vampirella, but hers don't get put away. Um, She's got horns. Uh, and I want to say a devil tail. Um, but, uh, yes, she has a tail. Yeah, pretty sure she does have a tail. Uh, of course, very confusing because Vampirella is not technically a vampire in the strict sense. Even though she looks like a vampire, has vampire powers. She's actually a space alien. Um, Although I don't know if this vamp, I don't know if this. Is a yeah. I think, I love. think she's in a this space
0: version, alien. she is still yeah. a space alien. Yes. Yeah.
2: She's still a space alien. And of course purgatory who looks like a devil is actually an Egyptian vampire goddess. Um, right. so, uh, just, uh, don't ask me what Dawn is. Um, she's not in this. She's uh, the embodiment of something or other. Yeah. Something or other. Um, I used to have a friend in high school who, uh, we would go to the comic shop and he'd only ever get two comics, Dawn and Spawn. <laughs> which is which is basically the 90s for you. Yeah, anyway.
1: I uh, dated a guy in college whose favorite superhero was Spawn and I should have seen that for the red flag it was. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm sure there's plenty of
2: Spawn fans out there that have figured it out. Oh, I'm sure. I uh, Just straighten out. Um, so So the art in this. Interestingly, it's like everybody is like properly proportioned like you know the girls they they still have like they're they're still like supermodels but there's like no exaggeration to that which is weird because these comics kind of started out that way right they were sexy sexy girls who would then like murder people um and to see kind of like uh like a Inter like a straightforward like respectful treatment of their proportions is like weirdly jarring um but uh Ziska does a good job um there are monsters in this there are normal people who are not uh evil space monster supermodels um and they they look weird in comparison but that's not really the artist's fault it's because everybody is a Six foot tall, sexy girl in a bikini who may or may not have bat wings at any given point. So okay. altogether, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I I came up through into comics through the '90s. So yeah, I was reading Deadpool and also this stuff. But of course, at the store, because if my mom ever caught me with like a purgatory comic, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> real purgatory. She would never. Kill you. She never did find. Yeah, I mean, we're Catholic. Uh, We, she never found my Gen 13 number two. Um, So that's good at least. I'm going to give it three slices of meatloaf. Uh, You know, Memory Lane is great. Um, Definitely an above average comic. I'm interested to see what happens next. But I, they don't really explain why Purgatory is involved. You know, and and I feel like you kind of need that. It's like, I know that, In 2021, Vampirla gets top billing because she's been a more enduring character. Mm -hmm. But I I feel that still, if you're going to do a crossover, you need to give really equal treatment to both members of the crossover. You kind of need to like respect both properties. Matthew, what Um, was that thing? Because I
0: thought, didn't Dynamite do something recently where they had a bunch of like Purgatory and Red Sonja and all of these characters crossing over? Am I thinking something else?
3: I don't remember Purgatory, but I know that Red Sonia and Vampirella have been hanging out together. And I know that there was Red Sonia and Vampirella Meet Betty and Veronica.
0: Yeah. They, yeah I think they there was a series of, of uh there's a, there's Crazy yeah, there's Girl series. comics.
2: It's um oh, what is it? Like something five.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Maybe that's it.
2: And it Fox is Force like, Five. No, it's ketchup. not Force Force Five. But oh. it's yeah, it's something like uh, God, I can't remember it, but I, I've literally reviewed it on the on the show, but yeah, it's like a bunch of those like spooky girl comics. The final mm-hmm. five. Uh, yeah. Um, that was relatively recent, but I, I, I it, it eludes me. I'll look it up.
0: Our dear listeners spooky. have already fired off tweets and Twitters and all of that stuff to let us We've know the answer
3: for us, which is great because we have bad memories because we're all old, except for Ashley, who's an eternal sprite.
1: Yes. I, I mean, was not born when Deadpool came out. Oh. And that's the story yeah. I'm sticking to. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, uh,
0: hey, listen, hey, listen. I was uh, trying to tell a story about 1996's uh, um, Olympic Park bombing, and uh, I was like, "Oh, were any of you uh, students around at that time?" And they're like, "Dude, we were all born after 9/11." So it's like, "Oh, all right, thanks, thanks for making me feel old." Anyway, oh sure. Let's move sure. on to it. Let's move on to another another topic.
3: You are old. They just, you
0: know. No, no, it's you. it's it's just funny. I think it's funny whenever I'm like, oh, yeah, here's something that's in the relative history that people will probably remember. And it's like, oh, no, we we were not born at that time. And it just takes you a moment to go. Oh, yeah, right. It's like 2021.
2: I mean, so, recently. I'm the young one. Yeah, I was I was talking to someone and I realized that I had to give them context for the pussycat dolls. That's a that's a like. Oh, yeah, that's an
0: early 2000s. Doncha right?
2: came out uh more like 11 years ago yeah oh now i'm gonna implode
0: <laughs> careful there we still have more show to just to, to get to uh dear listeners Sorry. if you want a little bit extra in your mailbox every week and i mean who doesn't want a little bit extra in their inbox every week then head over to majorspoilers.com website sign up for the major spoilers weekly where i share some thoughts uh, that are on my mind each week, as well as some links to some reviews and things that you may have missed or other things that are going on over at Major Spoilers that you may have missed. This week, it was all about the Teen Titans. And um uh, you can find I have no idea what I'm going to talk about next week. I thought about talking about how Batman really isn't Sherlock Holmes, but he is Mor- Moriarty. Um, uh, But we'll see how that how that comes apart uh, that, in that. That sounds or fun. Not. I mean, it really I mean, it's. Uh yeah, I'll save it for the newsletter listeners head over to majorspoilers.com just scroll down to where you see sign up for the major spoilers email list put your name on it and I will send you some stuff uh once a week not going to fill up your your inbox with a bunch of junk not going to sell your email to some uh hokum uh, phone service or scammy email company because I don't believe in that kind of stuff I believe in cool people sharing cool ideas and you can find out more over at majorspoilers.com All righty let's get into the conclusion Of The Fade Out from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, I don't know which version you guys read. Uh, I've got the collected edition and everything. In the collected edition, they include all the letters pages for this. And I had forgotten, Matthew, that at the time that this series was coming out, Ed Brubaker was working on a a little television series uh, over at HBO called Westworld that you may have heard of.
3: Mm -hmm. I remember this. That was about that Western world.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was really surprised because I remember watching it, uh, watching Westworld on television and seeing his name pop up. And I was like, what? And then I went and I think it was the next issue or something um, in the in the comic series where I was like, hey, everybody, I've been working on this TV series called Westworld. You may have seen it on the HBOs." So I thought that was kind of cool. Um,
2: uh, the, the one I have doesn't have the letters page.
0: OK, this also then probably doesn't have all of the cool backup material like. uh. You know, the, the the tragic story of, um, oh, what's her name? From Wizard of Oz uh, or uh, the Jimmy Stewart story or anything Judy like Garland. that? Yeah, Judy Garland. Does it have the Judy Garland story in it?
2: No, uh, all this has is a collection of the uh, the original oh, the covers. Covers, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I would say if you can track down the original issues or get, the, uh, I think the comiXology version has uh, all the letters pages in there and everything. It's really fascinating because he goes into... A history of, you know, tragedies in Hollywood, things that just when you when you hear the true tale of it, you know, the woman, I think, in the very first issue going all the way back to the first volume, he tells the story of an actress who was about to break it big, but she got um, suicidal and she jumped off the top of the Hollywood sign and killed herself. Um, You know, it's those kind of tragic stories that he permeates throughout uh, every issue of the fade out, which then brings us back around to this, this, this month's uh, trade, the the fade out act three, where our hero is starting to make connections and they're starting to put two and two together and how the studio execs have been, um, you know, basically raping children up at the uh, up at one of their locations for years. and in fact, uh, one of the murdered girls uh, happens to be one of the people who was involved in that uh, many, many years ago and that sends our hero and his and his uh, writing partner into a spiral of trying to seek revenge in this third act. And um, they they kind of don't get that revenge that they're looking for, Rodrigo. and is that is that why you were looking for this satisfying conclusion? In no. in this book, or what were you looking for? Because you said at the top of the show, in the first act of this show, that right. uh, you were hoping for a little bit more in, in I was, finding the the third act of this.
2: I was. My sincere hope was that, like in most narratives, that the third act would be the shortest. But mm. it's just exactly the same size as all the others.
0: Yeah, four <laughs> inches. Very
2: disappointed. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, honestly, I was like, I kind of like that. Uh the heroes the quote-unquote heroes don't quote-unquote win because there's neither one of those people or situations in this book right right? um i i was i was okay with that because that's that is that does seem to be the sort of story that this is right you're not um there might be that expectation that yeah they're gonna blow this wide open and everybody's gonna figure it out but from the beginning and especially when you figure out who that creepy smiling guy is yeah. last volume. Yeah. turns out like,
0: to be an FBI guy.
2: Yeah. You, you realize that they're like, Oh, it, like basically Charlie and Gil are like, are in over their heads from the beginning.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. And the
2: fact that they even try to do something seems like a terrible idea and turns out to be a terrible. idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know Ashley hates the whole, uh, Telling stories of Hollywood history, kind of thing, in, in this, which which is fine. I, I totally appreciate that, um, and I kind of get where you're coming from, Rodrigo, because I think everybody wants this to kind of be an L.A. Confidential kind of ending, where yes, the 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 heroes, quote unquote heroes, may get beat up quite a bit, uh, but they come out on top, and the bad guys always go down, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but in this case, it's more. There are no good guys. I mean, there are bad guys, but there are no true good guys in this book. Charlie is not a good person. Gil is not a good person. Uh, the studio heads and the fixers are not good people. Everybody that you meet, maybe the PR person, uh, I forget what her name is, might Dottie. be okay, Dottie. But, she's the
4: best.
0: But I mean, even she is not perfect because she's all about lying and subterfuge and those kinds of things. Uh, so what we end up with, I think it's my opinion, we end up with a story that's very gray Where you're not going to get that happy ending. In fact, you get a very tragic ending, which seems to follow along with the types of movies and stories that you were reading in the late 30s and 40s and 50s in in the in the noir, you know, uh, true crime um, genre. And so from that aspect where, you know, in the end, Charlie just goes back to doing what he does and, you know, has basically become a drunk like Gil and his best friend is dead, by the way. Um, it, mm-hmm. just kinda, it just kind of it just kind of seems fitting for these characters and and settings. And I I I, I want to, Rodrigo. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we follow these characters, but from the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, they're not doing the right thing, right? right. Um, Charlie, it's Charlie, right? Yeah. Um, he he wakes up you know, with a dead starlet in the other room and, you know, doesn't fess up to it and doesn't contact even like their studio fixer, um, gorilla. Yeah. Um, he just kind of super, he like always kind of takes the coward's way out.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, and that like even includes when he like takes action, like he always takes action in such a way that it, um, like, it's always a bad idea. It's always so that he doesn't have to deal with other stuff. He starts drinking heavily so that he can have, like, the courage to do the things that he wants to do. Um, you also find out, retro- in retrospect, that he's already done a bunch of things that are kind of reprehensible.
0: Mm-hmm. So, of um, his best friend's wife.
2: Right. And um, many other things. Yeah. So, this is a character that's set up for failure, right? From the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,. Then when he mostly fails at the end, although he, you know, uh, you know, at the end of it, that girl's still dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have like more people have died or lost their jobs or ended up in other places, but he's kind of generally okay. Like he gets out mostly physically unscathed at least. And it's like, that's kind of like the best that he could have hoped for.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's. I mean, it all makes sense, right? Like, I'm reading this story, and I'm not like, "Hooray! I'm glad that this happened." At any point in the story, but it's like, well, it makes sense that that happened. Right. And then when we sort of get the lowdown on what actually happened to the to said starlet, uh, in the end, that also makes sense, and it yeah. you know kind of fits within the narrative. Yeah.
0: It, it kind of has a very um Chinatown kind of ending, right? Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Just forget it. You're never going to understand. Any of this stuff, it's never going to make sense to you. You're living in a world of make-believe and dreams. What did you think was going to happen kind of stuff? Right. Um, uh, Ashley, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are in this final volume. If if you feel like we've reached a satisfying conclusion to these characters' stories or not.
1: Um, Satisfying, not for me.
0: What were you Accurate hoping for?
1: To the tone and what the story is, yes. And so those are, those are different things, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't like, I don't particularly care for the fade out the same way. I don't care for mank. I'm not interested in a bunch of rich dudes who can't deal with the world. So they're alcoholics and we're supposed to venerate them because they're creative. I find that irritating at most. (laughs) Um, and I don't, as someone who like works in entertainment, You know, I don't, I want to believe that it's not like this. And that's, it is like this, right? It was like this at the time. This is based on a series of stories, a series of real events. And there are like things that happen like this today, but I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the ending, but as you say, like per the murkiness of the characters and the gray moral areas that they inhabit, like this is besides everybody dying.
4: Uh, yeah. this
1: is pretty much the way that you go. And, and, and I don't want to color people's opinions just because like, I didn't like it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think this is a really well-made comic. I think it tells a story very clearly and it knows how it's going to do it. Obviously this is a pitch for a movie. It's just a bunch of like Venn diagrams of stuff that I'm not that into. That's all.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, and, and that's, that's, you know, no one's going to, I think, think less of you because of, of that. Uh, I'm always fascinated to find out because somebody who works into this field, because this is in your area, uh, you know, how that that impacts you and whether you like it or not. And in this case, you tend to in in this case, you tend not to to like it. I mean, we can have a different discussion on Mank uh, later on. But I'm curious, what was the ending you were hoping for in this? Were you hoping for the happy ending? Were you hoping that everyone went out in a blaze of glory? Were you hoping that? uh, Oh, I uh,
1: mean. I didn't ever expect a different ending. It's not necessarily that I was hoping for a different ending, um, you know. But I'm, I'm just such a sucker for like the hero's journey, and I like it when things end nicely. But this, this is the type of story that doesn't end well. Yeah, do you, you know, it's t- like it's like when you watch Sunset Boulevard. Like that's what I was going to ask. You don't ask. have to see the dead body floating in the pool to know that there's going to be a dead body floating in the pool.
0: Do you, do you like Sunset Boulevard, or is that falling into uh, the same problems?
1: Yeah, I like Sunset Boulevard. Fine, I've seen it once.
0: Oh, OK, because I was going to say that there's a lot of elements in the fade out that are mirrored in. In Sunset Boulevard, it almost feels like Absolutely. if there was a if there was a narrator in this book, it would have been Charlie narrating his own story.
4: Yeah.
0: You know, you're probably wondering how I'm drunk in a bottle stumbling down the street at 2 a.m. Let me tell you. And then yeah, you, yeah, you go yeah, back yeah. to the to the beginning of that. So I mean, that's interesting. Matthew, what did you think of, of how this story ended?
3: um i agree with ashley in that i didn't like the ending but i didn't see another way that it could have ended um you know when you you get into these stories your sunset boulevards and your Casablancas and your white heats and like that the stories have to go where they have to go you know jimmy cagney has to die on a rooftop humphrey bogart has to give up the woman he loves for the greater good or you know for her marriage whatever you want to do but This one is one of those where from the beginning, it's very clear this is a noir story, this is going to have a bad end for everybody, and probably Gil and Charlie aren't coming out of it alive. I am glad that one of them did live, but I also didn't necessarily care for the fact that the character who had been set up as basically the antagonist for the first two volumes is actually the guy who helps him to survive. You know, it's it's one of those things where they did surprise me, and they surprised me in a couple of pleasant ways, in that Brodsky was more than he seemed, and that at the very least, while people, you know, bad people weren't all punished, there were at least a couple of guys, you know, uh, the, the evil old dude, what was his name, Mr. Camp?
0: Yeah, the Camp Studios, yeah.
3: I wouldn't call it justice, but he got an ending that he deserved, and... You know, the, the closure of the murder, I wouldn't even say mystery, the murder plot line, whatever you want it to be, the closure of all that did come around in a way that was satisfying in as much as any story designed to be an unsatisfying story can be satisfying, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: this no, is, I guess, I guess. This I, is I, one
3: that's going to end with loose ends. It's going to be, yeah. you know, it's. That pseudo-realism that you get in a noir story where nobody's going to get a happy ending and things are going to come around the way they come around. And, you know, somebody actually flat out says, we all know justice is a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you expect that, if you know that going in, or at least as you're reading this story, that that is kind of, a, a, for lack of a better word, a raison d'etre. My French is atrocious, by the way. You get, you know, you kind of get a feeling that this is the proper ending. This is the appropriate ending, whether I liked it or not.
0: Yeah, I I guess I just for the last, I don't know, four or five years now, I've just been deep diving into everything noir, you know, reading uh, classic detective tales by some of the great detective writers, diving in uh, to all of the, you know, the noir um, movies like Double Indemnity and Sunset Boulevard. And the list goes on and on. Murder, My Sweet, et cetera, et cetera. And they all just it feels like Brubaker has done enough of his research or is aware, at least of all of the tropes that you expect in these kinds of things where there isn't the happy ending and where everything is nebulous and everything is messy and and everything is never wrapped up in a tidy bow and delivered to the audience with with birthday cakes and sprinkles everywhere. Um, So it, it feels like this this fits right within the genre genre. And I agree with you totally, Ashley. As I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally going to be a movie <laughs> in the next five years. If it's not already in in the works in the next five years, this will be a movie because it is just that kind of a story that I think people would latch onto. Yeah. Now, maybe people you want get your a...
3: Liam Neeson to play Brodsky.
0: No, I don't even know. I mean, um, in uh, Hail Caesar. Right. The studio fixer was um, was it Thanos uh, who played the fixer in Hail Caesar? Um, Josh Brolin? Yeah, Josh Brolin. I want to say that Josh Brolin was. Uh, played the fixer there. You need somebody like that uh, to be to be to be the Brodsky, or you need somebody who would be like a <laughs> a Nick Nolte in his prime back back in the forty eight hours uh, time period. Uh, that would be a good a good studio fixer. But you can just kind of see that this is saying, screaming, please turn me into a movie. Which by itself is not necessarily a bad thing. I think Ed Brubaker is not somebody that just writes comics to say, is this going to be turned into a movie? Because Ed Brubaker has been around. Long enough to know that that's not not the case. Unlike a lot of oh no, other people. but this
1: definitely has that. Like yeah, oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So I I I would be very kind of interested to see how this would be adapted yeah. and how it would play by audiences. You know, we talk about uh, zombie movies play best in times of good economic prosperity. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that you know the last four years would have been a good time for this movie to come out but maybe over the next four years, if things start to, you know, improve economically and I don't know, I don't know if, if even the me too movement would have, have kind of put a stop to this kind of a movie or not.
3: I don't know that it would, because I mean, when you, when you're making a movie about this, you can, you can kind of frame it as a cautionary tale. You Mm -hmm. can frame it as this is an example of a time when, you know,
0: yeah, these things yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. happen, and let's make sure this doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, we have a lot of uh, kind of depressing things that are going on right now, um, yeah. and so I don't know if that you know a depressing tale like this, a depressing ending is what is what people want. You know, again, Orlando if you look at,
3: Bloom to play Charlie.
0: It, it, well, who would you who would you cast, Ashley?
1: Um, someone who could read lines and look good at the same time. <laughs>
3: All right. So you get your Ashley Williams to play Charlie. Well, who
0: played, um, ah, uh, gosh. You know, if you watch, so seriously, if you watch Hail Caesar, and I don't know how many of you have watched Hail Caesar, uh, which is the, the Coen brothers, um,
2: yeah. Movie. If you watch, that,
1: yeah.
0: if you watch that, there is an actor for every part in, in this adaptation, right? Sure. Um, um,
3: but you can't just take Hail Caesar. No, no, no. You don't,
0: but you Peter. don't, but the, the, um, what's his name? Um, uh Enric, the guy that played uh, Hobie Doyle in hail Caesar. He is your perfect uh, actor who crashes his car up, uh, kind of, of person, right? You can definitely see a Scarlett Johansson type character in this piece. Uh, you know, just up and down, ju- just up and down the aisle. I think all of these, there's some very similarities in how people cast and how they look in this piece that I think would, that would work. But
2: yeah, I always, I always wonder if they did cast this cause, um, Sort of our, our protagonist is kind of uh kind of a nerdy type. Yeah. Yeah. Are but like I, I I wonder, yeah, I wonder if they wouldn't just, you know, put Sebastian Stan in the oh, role yeah. and yeah, yeah but I, I
1: feel like I want someone um like yeah, she... Bradley Whitford twenty years ago. Right. <laughs> in that part. What about
3: your Ansel Elgort or your uh Oh, who's that kid with the face?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. You're right, you know, the one. I agree with you.
1: You know, let's no. just make him Kingsley Benadire. We just gave him a Marvel show, he was really, really good at one night in Miami. Just give it to him, he's great. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't think that Alden Eindenreich or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Young yeah.
3: Han Solo is his name. Oh, yeah,
0: that's right, that's that's who he is. Yes,
3: but yeah, I don't see young Han Solo necessarily as a Charlie type, but no, you could it's
2: definitely too
0: no, no, not as a Charlie type, but the actor who was. Uh, you know who is is closeted and smashed up his car and had to do the plastic surgery and everything. James his storyline, Dean. basically, yes.
2: <laughs> no, you know, not the other one. I I don't know if he's a good actor, but I think you cast uh Dylan O'Brien as Charlie. Hmm. the guy from the The Maze Runner. Styles mm-hmm. in yep, Styles and Teen, teen wolf. wolf. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hmm.
3: So now uh, how about your your Pete Davidson's, yeah, I mean that would be an interesting take on Charlie.
0: Yeah, now that we, who would be Gil then, Matthew?
3: If your Pete Davidson's gonna be Charlie, uh, you probably want like a Horatio Sands type for Gil.
2: Just go straight up SNL in the casting. Yeah, just all SNL. Yeah.
1: Huh. I would, would go John be Gabris because I think he's actually a very good actor and really, he's like very, very funny. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a character who's going to need someone who can bring some freaking levity. Yeah. To the
3: scene. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would uh, say Charles Derning, but Charles
3: Sterling is dead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who plays the dad on the uh, silver, um, what is it? The Steinbergs, the silver, the, Goldbergs. the Goldbergs, that's it. Jeff yeah, yeah. Garland. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. he he'd do that i think
3: garland would be interesting yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, you know uh, if you could go back to 1980 and pull up um what's his name uh, norm um i think he'd be a good guilt <laughs> too. Wendt. george went george
2: went yeah
1: i know i was i was also thinking like william peterson 25 years ago <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, especially the
2: the thing with something like this is like you think and you're like ah who would be in this and it's like you immediately go back to people that have played this sort of role uh huh You know, during the spikes where this kind of thing has been popular, which Mm -hmm. is basically, you know, like the third like once in the thirties, the forties, the eighties. It's like, yeah, Jack Nicholson should just play all of these characters. (laughs) Right.
3: You know, ironically, my big choice for Charlie is probably too old because he's, you know, Steven in my age, but I think Tom Lennon from the state would be Mm. an amazing Charlie. Yeah. So- yeah, actually, yeah, that's and I think you but I feel like 50 is 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 a little too old for the character. But yeah. you know, you get to that point, you're like, okay, and Thomas Ian Black as Brodsky, the head of security. <sighs> yeah. He's a great Instagram. Man,
0: follow, If a great only, if follow, only we had an article or a feature over at major spoilers.com that would cast imaginary actors for comic book projects. Oh, it's only too bad. Bad.
3: <laughs> we don't have anybody who does that.
0: Yeah, we don't actually. So it's too bad. We haven't had one of those in decades, but you can find That's the archive over at, over at uh, Majorspoilers.com. I, I'm just bad what at is the, What is the bottom line now that we've looked at all 12 issues in this, in this series, what's your, what's your recommendation, Matthew?
3: Um, it's going to sound harsh and I don't mean it the way it sounds, but prepare for disappointment and you will enjoy this book. If you come in and first of all, don't read it in three segments a year apart, that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> you hate to see that. What you do is you get actually, like, you there, know, was all a, there
0: was a big gap between issues six and seven. That was, I want to say, like a couple of months.
3: Uh, you can't trust comic books. Comic huh. books are <laughs> we're running for TV, exactly. What you do is you get all three you know, you go, you buy all 16 issues, or you're all three trade. put them in a stack, you stack on a Saturday afternoon with a cup of tea and your comfy socks and you just read this and know that it's going to end badly. Just pick up that first page, take a deep breath and say, Uncle Matthew says this is going to end badly and dive in and just immerse yourself in it. And I feel like it's a winner. You know, anything with Brubaker and um, oh, Phillips. god, Phillips, Sean, Sean Phillips. Phillips. Thank you. I feel bad because, you know, he's the artist, co-creator, of the whole thing. Yep. Uh, Sean Phillips, the co-creator of this, is amazing. And I feel that Sean Phillips should definitely get a lot of uh, uh, attention. But more importantly, what Brubaker and Sean Phillips have done here is a good book. But it's also a very, very stylized book. And it does have a particular genre slash tone to it that can be off-putting to maybe a modern audience. So if you love noir already, definitely buy it. If you're confused and frightened by what we mean by noir maybe do some work before you pick it up, but I would still say pick it
1: up and at least check it out.
0: Yeah. Ashley, final thoughts from you.
1: So I definitely agree with the assertion that this reads better in one go. I think that's probably true of all mysteries because Mm -hmm. it becomes deeply unsatisfying to have to wait long-term, which is why people got so frustrated with lost. That's a jab at Jason Hmm. and Jason only. (laughs) 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 If you like, noir if you like hard-boiled if you like gumshoe or any kind of synonym thereof this is a really well-crafted book it is a beautiful book it ends an appropriately dire ending uh which i, I disagree doesn't mean it doesn't end well but it your, your mileage on it may vary so i think if you are into any of the things or if you're into old hollywood if you were into any of those uh, keywords then I think this is absolutely like, buy it, pick it up. It's a beautiful book. It will look cool on your shelf, and it will be a great talking piece. This is a great comic to give to people who don't think they like comics. Yeah. However, if like myself, you happen to fall outside of the Venn diagram on one or more of those things, um, unless you are specifically looking for inspiration to create or undertake something similar, I would say... Maybe borrow the first volume and see how much mileage you do get out of it. Because maybe it'll surprise you. Maybe it will uh, confirm your biases, and you'll go, "That was a really well-made book. That's just not for me."
0: Yeah. If you if you enjoyed Chinatown, Ch- uh, the L.A. Confidential, the Black Dahlia, uh, those kinds of movies, um, then I would say that this is a must-buy book for you. Uh, I'm the I'm the person. I love this book. Uh, I I just. Top to bottom, I bought it in its single issues. I bought it in the individual three trade series. And then for Christmas, I asked for it in the collected omnibus edition. uh, You know, the the big hardbound version. I just I just love this story. There is to me, this is done exactly the way it's supposed to be done. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean a happy ending. But I think it sets out to tell this this uh, kind of a sad story about sad people in their sad lives. And I think it does it exceptionally well. The art is fantastic. This is not something for the youngins. Uh, as we've talked in previous uh, episodes <laughs> of the major not. spoilers podcast, there's nudity, there's rape, there's a uh, child molestation. Uh, there's a murder. Uh, there's violence. There's alcohol, drugs, all that stuff uh, is in there. Everything that you find in the noir stuff. It's, it's very seedy. And in, in that, in that sense, but it's still a fantastic story with great art And for me, this is a must-buy book for anybody that, as Ashley would say, falls inside that Venn diagram. Rodrigo, you get the final word this week.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the fade-out, Act 3, and and definitely all, all three volumes of it are really well put together and firing on all cylinders. But it is a very specific story, right? Most of us here on the panel are going to be completely fine reading a superhero story. Um, but this is, you know, this is that noir stuff. This is like old Hollywood stuff. And I know lots of people who just eat up old Hollywood stuff. Like they love it. All of the, um, you know, it's like, and, and, and you can get that in comedies. You know, you can get that in like the Judy Garland, like a star is born. You can get that in this, you can get that in, um, singing in the rain. You can see all of that stuff in those places and those tropes exist equally well or hail caesar you can all of those exist equally well so if you want to see those tropes those old hollywood tropes in a dark um uh and and sort of uh, insidious mystery uh this is really the story for you and if you don't if you don't care about that this is possibly going to be a tough read unless everything i said also like makes you interested
0: <laughs> there you go All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this week. We're going to wrap up our episode right there. And uh, I want to thank you for listening to this show and being part of the Major Spoilers experience.
3: As always, we want to hear your feedback. So join the rest of the cool kids and me at the Major Spoilers Discord server to share your thoughts and reactions to this and every episode.
1: Or even better, send us an email to podcast at podcast.majorspoilers.com.
2: Oh, and don't forget, you can support this show and everything we do by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers.
0: We're going to be back next week because we're going to be talking about a television show, specifically uh, the uh, the Harley Quinn show on HBO. Why? Well, because we know that you love comics. We do, too. And this is uh, directly uh, tied to in, into that world. And uh, we will talk with you soon
4: Major spuller. What a major spuller. If I'm star its like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Being the Middle East With a gang-santo and throwing soldier What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2021 by
0: Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.